quick reminder, this podcast is presented by Integrity Financial Corporation, registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 as amended. Registration does not apply a certain level of skill or training. More information about our advisor services can be found in our ADV Part 2, which is available upon request. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Integrity Financial. Topics discussed and opinions heard here are not intended to address specific needs of the listener. The podcast is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professionals regarding your individual circumstances. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualify as credit investors or as qualified purchasers as defined under the relevant security laws. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not indicative of future results. It is September 3rd. Uh, man, it's, it's been a couple weeks since I've been on here with Christopher Gray, founder of Integrity Financial. Once again, my name is Lockwood Holmes. Since really COVID happened, I just wanted to continue to jump on um, you know, these different video blogs and have conversations about what's happening. But this morning, I wanted to talk about specifically kind of reducing, you know, since we're at a lot of we're at all-time highs, reducing some of the portfolio risk, um, taking a look at some safe money, money strategies, particularly the fact that we're coming into this election. We're a sprint to the finish here. From an investment perspective, uh, these are truly extraordinary times, despite being in the midst of one of the worst economic recessions in history with double-digit unemployment rates, record corporate earnings declines, broader market indices continue to flirt with record highs on a daily basis. Uh, The disconnect between market prices and economic reality has been fueled by unprecedented monetary and fiscal stimulus, coupled with overly exuberant investor sentiment regarding recovery prospects. While those who bought the dip back in March may feel somewhat vindicated for their aggressive posture, industry professionals seem to think the market's run up these past few months is somewhat unwarranted given the economic reality on the ground. In the face of this paradoxical relationship between the market and economic value, investors are faced with the unique dilemma of trying to participate in equity markets without overly exposing themselves to the eventual correction so many are convinced is on the horizon. Luckily, there are a number of tools available to the majority of investors that will enable the achievement of this overarching goal. Specifically, the utilization of particular investment products is an excellent way for um, investors to substantially reduce their downsize exposure to market volatility while still enabling them to participate in some of the upside potential currently being offered by some of the equity markets. So I just wanted to paint a little bit of the picture of the context, Chris. So here we are. This is where we're, we're at. There's, as an investor, as a CFP, there are tools that we can utilize to make sure that we're, we're not... Um, you know, we're not being overly aggressive during these times at the same time that we're positioning ourselves properly to take advantage of what potentially the volatility looks like over the next couple of years. Definitely. You know, I think that's a mouthful to start with. And I will say that for, you know, those that are listening today or tuning in, I just want to say, you know, I salute you. Thank you for taking the time even to to listen to this uh, short video. A lot of folks are, you know, 401k participants or, uh, you know, they've got uh, our firm helping them with their, their overall wealth management. Some people understand that, some don't. Here's how I would break it down in a very simplistic sense. The markets are at all-time highs. Uh, at least they were yesterday, the day before, you know, just in the very near term. Uh, that's caused some concern for us as uh, investment advisors to, to look at that and say, well, you know, hmm. This seems a little bit high to us right now. And if you recall, Lockwood, uh, it wasn't only a few months ago. It seems like that we were experiencing, you know, a severe sell-off, a correction in the markets, 
And what we were saying at that time is uh, what Warren Buffett would espouse is buy low and sell high. So we said, hey, up the 401k contribution, that's dollar cost average into this, let's make a little bit on the way up. And now uh, here we sit a few months later and and the story's changing. So again, I just thank everyone for tuning in and, and taking the time to take your financial future by the horns and you know have this conversation. So I think that there absolutely are tools right now to de-risk portfolios. The piece that you were referencing will be circulated so people can read it in, in more uh, in-depth about you know the, the fundamentals of why. But uh, underneath the surface, the fundamental analysis would indicate that stocks are overpriced right now. So, you know, where do we go from here? And I think for a lot of people, they, they've just been told, hey, just hold on, you know, buy and just hold, just ride it through the ups and the downs, which is fine. But there are some tools available to de-risk a portfolio. And I think, you know, it's important that we as uh, an investment advising community are making those opportunities available to the public. And that's what this call is all about today. Uh, maybe it's time to move a little bit off the top, sell some of your positions while they are high, and de-risk that and look for an opportunity. Now, normally we would say there's only three asset classes, stocks, bonds, and real estate. Well, right now we kind of would change that tune a little bit and say cash would normally be respected as an asset class. Typically, we don't see cash as an asset class simply because it's not gold-backed any longer. Uh, but there are times where we would say, hey, maybe it's a time to pivot from equity to cash and, and sell off a little bit of equity, take it while it's at the top, like Warren Buffett would say, uh, move that to cash, and then we can sit and wait. So we're you know helping folks, folks through that process. Also, putting a floor beneath their uh, equity positions uh, is very attractive and uh, something that we can do very easily. No person situation, it's the same. However, I mean, what are some of the safe money strategies that you're talking about? I mean, obviously having cash in a, in a position to be able to take advantage, at the same time, we talk about FOMO, right? I mean, you're sitting here and, and all of a sudden you got your cash and you think you're being conservative and smart, but at the same time, you're like, man, is there any way I can still maybe get a little bit of opportunistic cash here to throw in and dollar cost average in when markets are volatile. At the same time, can I experience the upside? It depends on the type of uh, money that we're talking about. There's basically three different types of buckets to grow money. in. There would be a pre-tax account, like an IRA or a 401k. That's money that you've set aside from your paycheck as a deferral, and you have never paid tax on that. And that will, you know, when you take a distribution from that, you will pay ordinary income tax on that. Uh, there's a standard account, which you would say just money you've already earned, you pay tax on, and, and you'll be taxed as a capital gain. We believe that uh, lane is optimal for real estate. Number of reasons for that, step up on basis, 1031 transfers and the like. There's a lot of tax benefits around real estate, depreciation and so on. The final one would be more of a Roth after tax scenario where you're not compounding a tax liability on the gain. So depending on the source of funds there, we can pivot. But the safe money is usually on both of those, the first and the last bucket. So if it's a after-tax arrangement where you're looking for uh, tax-free uh, growth on the funds, tax-free distribution, uh, certain insurance carriers have constructed what we call an index strategy where you have upside potential but no downside risk. That's you know naturally very appealing to a lot of folks. Uh, if I can get upside in the market, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12%, not the whole amount of the upside, but every time it goes up, it cannot go down. 
hit. It's like a ratchet effect that makes people feel really comfortable. And, and again, I, I want to salute any of the clients that we have helped with that strategy, because when you look now, the U.S. national debt, it's about $27 trillion. We're running about a $1 trillion deficit right now. Uh, you know, all of that spills, you know, higher taxes in the future. So that's a not only a, a very bona fide investment strategy, but a really good tax diversification uh, for future income. Now, on the, the IRA, uh, the IRA strategies that we utilize, we can use a similar kind of functional mechanism. Uh, oftentimes, an insurance company will put that together as well in an in index strategy. So again, it goes up, participates with the markets, and it locks in and can't go down. So I recommend in an IRA, especially to take a look at a safe money strategy like that. If you zoom out to the asset location, you'd say, of those three buckets, which one do I want to compound the most? And which one do I want to be my stabilizer? And I would say the IRA is best used as a stabilizer because of the way that the gains would be taxed eventually on that as ordinary income, which is the highest tax rate. Uh, believe it or not, the IRA is probably maybe one of the worst assets to leave to children and one of the best assets to leave to charities. And we can talk about that on, on another uh, video, kind of the why behind that. But, you know, that would be one to keep very conservative and utilize those kind of arrangements on. Uh, there, there's quite, a, quite an array of, of tools there that we can recommend there. Uh, now, I will say, given the, you know, the volatility that's been going on, we like to look at it from an S&P 500 perspective and say, hmm, what is the broader index doing? Uh, it seems overvalued, and then it'll swing to be undervalued. And so what we've been recommending is instead of the bonds, a traditional bond portfolio is going to be, you know, facing a real headwind in the future. We don't expect anything more than 2 maybe 3% out of a typical traditional bond portfolio. So we're not that excited about that. That's where some of these index-based strategies can give you a little more upside potential than a bond. Uh, and I would say with with a greater amount of safety on the downside, because keep in mind, a bond can lose value on it. Now, if we use that there, oftentimes we like to see maybe about 30% into a core model of a diversified equity portfolio. And right now we're taking names for, for folks that are watching this that would want to be a little bit more opportunistic. Uh, we have what we call our market riders uh, sleeve, and that would be for individuals that, that are comfortable uh, putting maybe 20% into cash and being opportunistic with the dips and the peaks on the S&P. So we run that based on a 10% incremental uh, basis. And we're happy to talk to you about that. Uh, if that's something that interests you, you know, please consider uh, emailing us, email our, your advisor, and we're happy to help you with that as well. Chris, lastly, I would just love to kind of get your sentiment. Political parties aside, um, obviously we have an election here. One of the reasons we're even having this conversation is because of that, in addition to the cocktail of everything that's going on. I mean, we got trade issues with China. We obviously, we're hopefully kind of seeing the light of day on, on the COVID situation. However, you know, the vaccinations swing the market pretty tremendously. Uh, we had the Fed recently come out and kind of say, hey, we're, we're in it for the long run here. So we're not going anywhere. We're going to keep interest rates down. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of fear and anxiety out there uh, around these next couple months. Um, do you have any advice uh, that you would like to give, you know, our clients or people that aren't our clients that are watching? Obviously, 
we all have to watch the news a little bit and we're going to get headlines. Um, we're all on social media. Can you give us a little bit more of a perspective from kind of a high level, per, you know, view of, of maybe how we can walk, walk through this in the next couple months and then overall, like the fear related to money around this? Absolutely. You know, I think that the way that we see money is as neutral. It's not necessarily good or bad, but it's really it's fuel for a family or for someone's retirement and so forth. But, you know, I would say that uh, with the Federal Reserve's position, we would expect equities to be supported in the long run. That gives us a little extra confidence on that front uh, to feel like, hey, no matter what, the U.S. government is going to be pumping money in to support equity values. However, it could be a very bumpy ride. And so if someone is near to retirement, that's who really needs to take consideration of some of these safer strategies, uh, because it's not uncommon for the market to swing, you know, even 15% down, uh, which we would very much uh, expect uh, that to be not out of a normal scenario, you know, before the end of the year. Now, do I think it'll stay down in perpetuity? Not really, uh, because we have so much policy backing that and just momentum across the board. I think technology will continue to do well. I know it's had quite a tear this year so far, and it's been highlighted on how useful technology actually is given a, a COVID situation. So, you know, we would tilt our portfolios a little bit more towards technology and uh, we have done that over the last several years and have benefited, you know, significantly during this time period. If someone is looking at real estate, we would we would favor residential real estate over uh, commercial office space, uh, simply given the fact that people are getting more comfortable working remotely and these workflows seem to be quite efficient in many ways. And we feel like that actually will support residential real estate prices in suburban areas surrounding major urban areas. Uh, we feel like that will be very supported. Uh, broadband. Uh, internet is is you know more important than ever. I think that the the gap between the rich and the poor will also be seen on a rural versus urban scenario, as many rural areas don't actually have access to broadband internet, believe it or not, and the children of those families or those schools can fall behind in that respect. So uh, hopefully, uh, the policymakers are taking note of that. You know, in the rural communities, to make sure that all of our uh, demographic and population is being well served. Um, so I think that with the election coming up, you know, I think that it could be quite bumpy depending on who wins. Uh, it could get even worse after the election for a month or two. Uh, that's not a fear kind of statement. I'm just saying it, it could get a little bit bumpy. So I think bracing uh, investors now to take some chips off the top, uh, selling while we're at a high point uh, to reallocate is really a smart move. Instead of waiting until, you know, it's a day late and a dollar short, the markets move pretty quick, uh, you know, on the way down. So it's good to make those tactical maneuvers now, I would say, and then go for it. If you miss the window, it's not the end of the day. You'll be fine. You know, hold it for the long term. Uh, we like to really reframe it and, and stay focused on the target of, of each person's individual financial plan. And once that's dialed in, uh, the right asset class is supporting that are, you know, very consistently get us there. Uh, again, utilizing safe money strategies in times like this are, you know, quite exceptional, mainly because we don't see bonds performing very well. So where do you go for safe money? You can't really go to the bank and get a bank CD because they pay hardly anything and you're getting taxed every year on that as an ordinary income, even if you don't take anything out. So, you know, we don't see bank CDs as a viable option. Bonds, 
you know, interest rates are, are at all time lows. So they're going to be creeping up. That's a headwind for bond prices. Uh, we don't see that doing anything great in the, in the near term. So it, it makes someone scratch their head and say, hey, where do I get this? And, and we do have solutions there. And that's what we're you know, discussing here today. Well, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone during this time. I look forward to hearing from you. And Chris, once again, thanks so much for, for coming on today and look forward to speaking to you in the future. Bye.